Well, welcome to the Next Steps podcast. And before we go too much further, we want to acknowledge and pay our respects to the first Tasmanian peoples as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. We also pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and for their care of country, land and sea over the past thousands of generations. We say thanks. Welcome to uh, this episode and uh, not we've got we're missing a few regular faces and we've got a new face. Uh, welcome Pete Clark to your first Next uh, Steps podcast. Thanks Matt, it's good to be here. And uh, Dan Evenhouse is back. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Pete's face was that new, that's all. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it as new. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> and uh, on Sunday, I mean, the purpose of the Next Steps podcast is to work out uh, how what we talk about on Sunday works in real life on Monday. And on Sunday, we were talking about two things that were directly related. One was the the way in which our brains have changed and, the, and the, the context we live in has changed dramatically over the last 50 years. Uh, and we're beginning to talk about Sabbath. Uh, part of the reason Pete is here uh, is he shot me an email, uh, which is a dangerous thing to do. It might in, mean you end up on a podcast. Uh, but, but we were talking a bit about how uh, we're all finding it hard to focus these days. And in fact, um, it was interesting to see people's responses and we put up a bit of a word cloud uh, to, and the number of different things people were finding hard to focus on. Uh, I was throwing out a few statistics. Uh, for instance, that the average Australian now spends 5.5 hours a day on their phone, which is a little disturbing, really. I, I, I makes me feel good. I only spend you know, one and a half or two. I'm going to go and check you know, when you're talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah confession time. Uh, I'm actually recording this on the phone, so it's not so easy for me to check the recent <laughs> numbers. Um, but book reading has, the number of people reading books has dramatically decreased. Mm. Uh, and uh, one, one report or studies said that if you pictured reading an 85-page newspaper, in 1986, if you added up all the information being blasted at you through the day, you would be reading, on average, 40 newspapers a day, like 40 86-page newspapers. But by 2007, they found that it had risen, this is back in 2007, to an equivalent of 174 newspapers. And I pointed out that 2007 was the year the iPhone was released. Uh, so it's this trend of decreasing attention has actually been going on since about 1880. Mm. Uh, and the guy, I was quoting a guy from a book called Stolen Focus. It was, it's a new book, uh, not a Christian book, but a, a book that's trying to examine this current dilemma. Uh, and uh, I, he, as he drilled it down, he, he, it seems that the numbers indicated that it has something to do with our economic system and the idea that we are in a system that prizes growth. Uh, and so the only way to increase growth is to increase consumption. And that works at lots of different levels. Uh, so I guess, uh, Pete, that was one of the first things you, you mentioned as we were starting to talk about it and, and, and you got shot the email through. 
you were saying saying something that actually I didn't mention, but that he also mentioned in the uh, in the book that uh, because of technology, because of the pace of change, the nature of work has changed, and that's been your experience too. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think one place where that uh, has shown out is um, in organisations they have your your HR departments, which is human resources. And people are, employees are looked on as resources rather than as people. Uh, and in fact, in one of my jobs, we used to get emails which would said the following resources are not in today, meaning, you know, these are the people who are off sick or on holidays. But, uh, and the people weren't trying to be nasty or anything, but it was just an example of the mindset that mm. people were seen as resources, not actually as people. It's disturbing. I studied human resource management at uni, and uh, I think you're on it, mate. The, the fact that we uh, use that language does say something, doesn't it? At my last place of work, we called it people and culture instead of HR. But everyone just called them HR anyway. <laughs> but that's <laughs> rebrand. Yeah. But it's also true that um, businesses are seeing their employees just like as a four-year, you know, get them in, burn them out, and spit them out, and then we'll start again for your employment cycle. So you can get people to do a lot of fast work in a short space of time, and then they have to move on because they burn out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing, or one of the other things I mentioned, Matt, was uh, this idea of bottom line, that people are seen as, you know, being producing, you know, the goal of the business doing is, is about the bottom line, and, and people are a means to an end. And so one result of that is work has become less meaningful for people it's the efficiency is that you know it has become the god and the, the more efficient you are then the better it is even if the, the actual work itself is fairly limited and meaningless to the person who's actually doing it which i think takes us we won't get there yet but it takes us exactly to where the israelites were at the time of the exodus they were parts in a machine and it was all it was all about what they could produce um, and that's why the Exodus and the Ten Commandments were so radical. It was we introduced that reality with the economy, with this question about focus. And I, you know, I have to admit, I find it harder to focus than I did ten years ago. I, I find it harder to stop and for my brain just to, to, just to pray, without my mind going elsewhere. I've had to move back to a paper Bible because I found that I just would. If I was using reading my Bible on my iPad, I just got so distracted. Uh, and I'm and I I admitted in front of the whole church on Sunday that the the book about Shaftesbury was the first paper book physical. Like I've written lot, read lots of ebooks, but it's the first paper book I've read for ages. I know, I know you guys. How 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 has how has focus and the how's this question worked in your own lives? What's it? How's it working for you guys? Uh, I, I'm finding that the sorry, Peter, I'll jump in. That yeah. the, um, I don't know if it's a stage of life I'm at, but I'm managing a lot of different things, and so I'm multi. It's not multitasking. I'm time splicing. I'm trying to do this in a five-minute period, and then trying to do that in a five-minute period. When I know that it would take three thirty minutes to actually get it done, but I've only got five minutes, and so this jump from thing to thing to thing, and there's a real inefficiency in in actually jumping from all those things without actually sticking with one thing and finishing it, which would 
if you look at the grand scheme of the day, I'd actually get a lot more done if I did focus more until getting something completed. But instead, I'm trying to cram more and more into my day. So focus is difficult. Um, so my question is how much of that is my own self-management and how, how much is what's expected of me or what I expect of me probably the most. That's, that's an interesting one. Let's unpack that a bit. I, one of the things I didn't mention on uh, Sunday was in, in the book, he, he talks about they've done some research. They say there is no worker left that they could find anywhere who gets an, an uninterrupted hour's work. Mm, yeah. That, that, and, and part of the theme of the book was, yep, every, we all need to learn better self-management. Absolutely. But that ultimately the, the issue is structural. Uh, the, the issue is, uh, you've got a bit of background noise happening there, Dan. <laughs> um, but the, the issue is, uh, is bigger than just saying, come on, pull yourself up because this is the culture, this is the air we breathe, and and we actually need to be thinking about societal reform as well as personal reform, um, which is interesting because most self-help books are just that. They're, they're self-help. They're not, they don't say you, the issue is bigger than you. They, the, the assumption is you can sort yourself out and so you can just sort this out. And I, I think he's wanting to say, well, it's, it's a bit bigger than that. I think one of the other changes which is related is that people are expected to be available 24-7 now. So yeah. instead of yeah, having your, your, your finite working days, you know, starting at you know, or, you know, 7 or 8 or 9 or whenever you start and then finishing at 5, you, you, you do that, but then you're expected to be available uh, after hours as well. So people can call you any time and, uh, and um, you know, after, you know, weekends and... And so that has an impact as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because people will say, Have, did you get my email? When they actually send it at yeah. 9 p.m. and you shouldn't be checking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting that the mobile phone companies themselves, I think it's almost an acknowledgement of the serious situation we're in, where they're starting to introduce tools to try and, turn off notifications or alert you to how much screen time you're making using and uh and, and anecdotally a number of the top people in silicon valley won't let their kids have devices uh, that was certainly true of steve jobs and it's true of bill and melinda gates they, they wouldn't let their kids use the machines that they produced because they understood the dangers um not that the not that phones were the are the sole issue, but they're a, they're a major indicator of it. I mean, I guess, uh, Pete, for you for you personally, how how does this thing of focus and how, how does it work for you? What have you, what changes have you noticed? Well, I was thinking about that over the last twenty four hours, and my immediate thing was things like reading. I, I don't read as much as I used to, but as yeah. I thought more about it, I, I've find that it's the things that I would say are important, um, things like prayer and Bible study and, and, and that are also being affected by that lack of focus. Uh, and, and I think that's where it's dangerous when the, the things that we say are important and we believe are important are the very things that are being adversely impacted um, by this loss of focus. 
Yeah. And, and uh, inter- interestingly enough, in the book, it talks about the, the Dan saying it, there is a, uh, a language we've introduced into our work, the language of multitasking. Uh, and that is not a human capacity. Apparently, so you, you can apparently you can sustain make two maybe things at the same time, maybe. But really, what is happening is that you're switching between one or another, and every time you switch, that there's a a loss of capacity. You've got to regroup and re, and you actually lose. Uh, and so, I, I'm with you, mate. If I'm to be honest, and look, it's as scary as a pastor to admit, but but. But my, I, I'm finding it harder and harder just to stop and live in the, st- in the, in the stillness. And that's why I'm so grateful for on Thursday nights we get together for a prayer meeting on Zoom. And for me, that's being there with others praying actually helps me focus a bit. And it's it actually the, probably one of the better times of prayer I get uh, in the week where, where my brain's not going all over the place in the same way. But I'm... It feels this this conversation. I say on Sunday, this conversation feels really important, but it also feels really challenging because it's the air we breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like you, Matt. I find sometimes things we do in community, you know, in a group, it's easier to focus at those times for me than when I'm just on my own. Um, Hmm. Then my thoughts tend to wander all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like this morning, this this morning I went and sat down at the bay at Bell Reef um, as, after I dropped the kids off on the bus. And I, I after your talk, Matt, I thought, right, I'm leaving my phone in my pocket. I'm just going to sit here for ten minutes, just to clear my mind. It's, I mean, mental mental illness and, and stuff must be hu- hugely impacted by this lack of space. And so just sit and reflect and, and pause. It was really helpful for me. Um, another thing that's interesting, because we, we talk about how important reading God's word is. Um, and I, I think there's something about whereabouts on a page. I read a, I read a paragraph or something helps it to stay within my mind. Like uh, visually, I know that I read that there, that piece, and then I can recall it better because I know where on the page it was. Whereas if I'm yeah. constantly scrolling, I, I don't seem to retain as much. Yes. Yeah, that resonates for me too. Mm. Yeah, so I love getting the paper out. Yeah. So it, it does feel like, this is why I said, as I was introducing the, the, the conversation about Sabbath, that that's why I, I think this thing of Sabbath is so important. Mm. Um, and I introduced it using the, the way God introduced it in Exodus 20 with the Ten Commandments and how... Sabbath is the one of the Ten Commandments. It's the one he spends the most time on. It's the, the one he talks the most about, and it's the, the hinge point. It's where we st- he stops talking about himself and our relationship to him, and we start talking about community. Uh, and and I, I think this idea, like Jesus says, the Sabbath is made for man, that, that we actually need a, an unproductive day. And it's interesting. That that language, I don't know. Even for me, as I say it, there's part of me that feels wrong saying it, because because I'm so shaped by this culture. This idea of an unproductive day feels so wrong. But I, it's exactly what the Sabbath is meant to be—a day where you're not producing economic benefit, you're not producing. You are spending time in relationship, and you are resting. Um, I don't know how how did you guys bounce off the 
the idea, as we talked about Sabbath and how that stands in contrast to, to this culture we're talking about? Yeah, well, I guess for me, for me, I'm just at the stage now where we've got an adopted, little adopted grandson who lives next door uh, and just spending time with him is, is great and you don't have any set agendas or anything you have to do. It's just good being able to play and have time with him. And I think that's, to me, has opened up that whole area of you don't have to be productive. You can actually have a lot of fun and, and that just enjoying somebody else's company and what, you know, whether it's a little kid or, or somebody else and, and the idea of spending time with God, I think is I'm finding, yeah, just that experience of being with kids and enjoying playing that has just given me a new understanding of what it's like to, or what it could be like to spend that time with God, not, you know, just enjoying his company. Yeah. That's a beautiful picture, Pete. Yeah, yeah, nice. Tough one because I, I hate wasting time. So how <laughs> do I find that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, I, it, I, I've had a probably a particularly difficult five months or so with this one, um, with and I've I've known that on the way through, like of Sabbath and taking some time out, having some rest. We, we've just moved up from the UK, and it really did take the last four months from September through to December, every moment we had was just used um, to, to, to be able to pack up and move. So, I, I, so I've just recently been experiencing what life is like without a Sabbath. Yeah. And, and I know that I need it. Like I can only survive so long. It, it's pretty obvious to me that God's designed me that I need to take a rest. Yeah, other, other, otherwise I, I get worse to be around, more narky, more short-tempered, irritable, less good company. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the Sabbath, I can see that. Mm. But I still don't like wasting time. So how do I balance that? Because <laughs> if I've got some time at home doing nothing, that's when I'm going to be tidying the kitchen or sweeping the floor or because I, cause I haven't had time to do that through the week. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing with Sabbath is when I was when I was a lot younger, um, Sabbath had a I guess, fairly negative connotation. That my understanding was, you know, to have a Sabbath, it was more about what you're not allowed to do on a Sunday. Um, and so it was a lot of rules and restrictions, and, and which I didn't really appreciate at the time. What, but, what were some of your rules, Pete? Oh, you, you, you don't play sport on Sunday. You don't. Um, go to the shops on Sunday, you, that, those sorts of things. It was more, you know, I, I mean, you, you do go to church on Sundays. That was like something you do do. But it was, it was my, what I, what I was hearing about Sabbath was it was a lot, you know, what you do and what you don't do. It, it, um, whereas now I can see this more of a freedom and, and find it liberating the idea that you can have this time where you, you don't have to have an agenda. You don't have to be productive. You can just yeah, enjoy the world around you. Hmm. Did, did you have rules, Dan, growing up? Uh, yeah, similar. No cricket, no tennis, no... Funnily enough, it didn't extend to no making your bed and no doing the dishes. But um, 
we I we weren't allowed to buy bread on Sunday, which and then you'd have to think what what's there in the cupboard because I can't go to the shop. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was it was a bit like it was definitely like that. Um, my dad brought in this crazy rule that after lunch on Sunday, everyone had to go and have a nap, and that was torture for a ten-year-old. <laughs> so they they were there were some, there were some bad memories around that time because <laughs> none of us. I grew up in a house with four boys and and one girl, and none of us were quiet during nap time, which slightly irritated. <laughs> my father i think but yeah I, I don't remember having afternoon nap as one of the parts of sabbath but yes at, at the age i am now rest is much more appealing than it was yes as a young lad yeah 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 i'll tell you one thing this isn't so much sabbath it's more about prayer so maybe i should have said it last week one one thing that i found really helpful is um because I don't think this is a new thing. I remember struggling with this for like 20, 30 years. Like my, my brain is just pinging thoughts all the time and it's actually hard to focus on God. So you, I come to, to pray um, just on my own and all these thoughts are zinging around of what I haven't done or what I said or those sort of things. And I think um, I, what, um, one thing that's really helped me this last while is uh, as, as a thought comes into my head when I'm trying to pray, pray I either have a pen and paper and just quickly jot it down and then actually in my mind I say, right, I'm just going to put that aside. Or, or I, I just, um, someone shared this funny picture with me that just picture yourself, you know, Psalm 23, you're by this lovely river sort of in God's presence. And um, just when the, when the other thoughts come in, just push them on down the river. Just let them, let them go and spend time with God, stay with God in this peaceful yeah. place. Uh, I found that imagery quite helpful. I don't think it's anything mystical, but it's just a helpful piece of imagery of I'm just going to let that go and stay here with, choose to stay here with God. And I, yeah, so it's, if that's helpful. Hmm. I just had a bit of an issue then with my, I, I'm recording this on the phone and I had a phone call. So uh, sort of dropped in and out then. So I missed a little bit of that, but I think we're, I think we're still going and, I think I, I was just keen to, to to process a bit more of this thing of, uh, I don't know if you were addressing this at all, but the difference between real rest and blobbing in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what does it mean? Like, because I'm interested that Hebrews talks about make every effort to enter the rest. I guess I'm interested here for you guys, what kind of effort do you need to make? What, what, what kind of effort do we need to make to enter into this kind of rest that seems to be what we need? It almost seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? You know, ma- making an effort to rest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but I guess for me, the, probably setting aside time is one of the, needs to be one of the priorities. Mm. Because if, if you don't intentionally set aside time to rest then it's probably not going to happen it, is it true that real rest is proactive i i can't just slip into rest but like my tranquilizers but you know I'll, if i bob in from the tv i'll get up two hours later and think oh that really wasn't a great use of my time this is real negative hmm. Hmm. yeah I think that's true for me. I think it's true that I, 
I can easily waste time that is not Sabbath, that is not, that's not rest and relationship, it's avoidance of rest. Yeah. It's avoiding reality, I think. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I think that's, a, I, I don't think the Sabbath that is as talked about in the Bible and, and where it becomes counterculture uh, is an avoidance of reality. I think it's, 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 and I think that often we don't have a, we don't know, we're either being productive or we're, we're watching TV or we're, you know, we're avoiding reality some way. We're not real good at this, this mm. entering the rest. Yeah, in the current reality. I think that's, that's yeah. right. This avoidance or tranquilizer, distraction, that's not rest. Yeah. There, yeah. there, is, a, there is a place to sit in front of the TV and just have some time out. I don't have any doubt about that. I think if I was being proactive yeah. all day, every day, that would be very tiring, I think. But this this choosing, because choosing to rest in this way, it takes energy, but it gives more back. Like yeah. I, I feel more energized after that kind of rest, even though it takes energy to find it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any other reflections, Pete? Well, I, th I just think certainly the picture I have when I think of peace is Jesus asleep in the boat in the middle of the storm and, and finding mm. that, you know, peace doesn't depend on your circumstances. Um, but I think maybe rest is similar. I, I mean, Jesus was at peace, but he was, he was at rest too, even in the middle of the storm. And I think we need to find those times where we can actually experience that rest, um, even when our circumstances are not what we'd like. Yeah. And so I I think this is this is where it's hit we hit the rub because what we what we were saying that there is a culture that values us based on our productivity and our consumption hmm. and the Sabbath just stands in opposition to all that. It's not a it's not a day to just be a consumer. It's a day to be an active participant in rest and recreation. I love the word recreation. Like mm. I think yeah. that that's really what Sabbath is all about. And that the, this is where the church needs to be revolutionary. We need to be a bunch of people who are well-rested, um, yeah. which is interesting, isn't it? Cause I, I, it? It wouldn't be an immediate description that comes to mind when I think of the church. No. No, because we, we affirm people who are busy and who are productive. And so my, my question, like as a father of four and <clears throat> full-time work, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff, how do I find, how should I set up Sabbath in my current situation? And hmm. So what does it look like? So I, I, I don't want it to be a bunch of rules that are just restrictions. No. Uh, I want it to be a place of rest because what I find is when I have time off with my family, I'm on duty as a parent. So how do I find rest in amongst all that? That's the bit I'm going to have to chew over. Yeah. And, and I think partly it's, it's a bit to do with what Pete was saying and the idea that it's about rest and relationship. Um, when Jesus said, in order to be, accept the king, you've got to accept the kids, um, learning to play, like for me, 
Sophie used to get my hand, which is a little girl, get my hand, my head between her hands and say, Dad, look at me. Yeah. And, and, and I learnt that kids need, you can't play with your kids and be distracted. Yeah, that's the focus bit. You can't multitask. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. And I, I've, I, I, the number of times I've tried, or yeah. they'll come in. My kids will come in when I'm watching TV, and they'll be talking to me. I will, I will not just, I will not heard a word. But I, I do think there's something about in a Sabbath about sharing meals with people, about going for a walk together, about playing together. I think there's something in that, and even coming to church together and connecting with people. I think it's not just a, one of the dangers, I think, in Sabbath is it can be a self-absorbed thing. And Sabbath was never meant to be self-absorbed. Mm. You're meant to come to the cross and remember that you're not the center of the universe, but you're meant to, it's meant to be a communal thing. Like, like Pete was saying, it's meant to be a something we do together and something we do together as a family. Uh, and so... Yeah, and, and that does change in different seasons. So Pete's more in the grandparent phase where he's got uh, a little uh, adopted grandchild. And so that that then there are moments of, of, of having to engage at that level that it would be restful. Mm. Whereas uh, when you've got teen, teenagers, it's a, it's a different phase. And when you've got adult kids, it's a different phase too. I, I do. I think it's it's right to... It's right to keep kicking it around or wrestling with it because I don't think there's many good models out there where, where you go, yeah, that person, that person is really resting well and having a great Sabbath, and I want to, I want to copy them. Yeah, I think sometimes too we think of that rest in terms of holidays. You know, when my holidays come up, then I'll go away and then I'll be able to rest. Yeah, but we need to look at rest in terms of you know the rest as part of our everyday cycle of life not just for yeah. when we're on holidays and i don't want to have the attitude that i'll work out how to rest once i'm retired because <laughs> right. i bet you that doesn't work either <laughs> no i've got a few mates who are who have just recently retired and they would be saying the same sort of thing you still need purpose and you still need to work out and and always yeah. the, the danger is you become self-absorbed and, and and that's not helpful for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think also remember that you know Jesus said, you know, come to me and I will give you rest. And I, and I think yes. that's where we need to look uh, as well, to, to focus on him and uh, get our rest through him. Yeah. Nice. And again, that's, that's countercultural, isn't it? Like, if we the, the pictures we that are in our heads of church and faith and stuff can, aren't always oh that's restful. So, yeah. so I, I love it, Pete. That's I think that as we get to know Jesus, it's what he guides us into a, a place of rest. And, and our, our quiet time should be like this. So I, I think yes. a Sabbath is needing to be a whole day. And I think that's true. I mean, it's clearly what the Bible says. But I also think there's something about that that this process is what I do in my quiet times. I try and put things yeah. aside, spend time in God's presence. There's a sense of peace in knowing that I'm his, that, that, that I'm okay. 
and that we can work out what's coming together. Like that's so my quiet time. Um, I love reading his word in that space as I've not just as a tick I've done my reading, but as a God, what do you want to show me today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I echo that. I think there is something, there's a daily rhythm that's important. And there's a weekly rhythm that's important. And I think there's also probably a monthly rhythm. I won't make any mentions about monthly, any, any I'll, I'll leave that alone. And uh, move to uh, annual rhythms. And very clearly the Bible had annual rhythms and even uh, seven yearly rhythms and 50 year rhythms. And so it was clear that we were meant to live in... Uh, in seasons and, and i do uh, yeah for me just a daily space which is it, it, it's not quite sabbath but it's i think it's kind of like a mini sabbath or something yeah yeah i mean e even the land had its sabbath you know there was every seven years it was to lay fallow and yeah not be plowed and, and, and so it's not just for us as people but it's it's throughout creation that's right. It's it's really it's clear that the Bible isn't a capitalist system. Mm. Like that, that the idea of the land having a rest of, you know, of contracts ending after a certain period of time and everything you can reset. That, it Let just all doesn't your fit go. with our, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't fit with our paradigm, uh, and so that's interesting. I guess yeah. we'll, we'll we'll start wrapping it up in a minute. But I guess what are you what are you left with from this conversation? Like, what 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 what, are, what have been your takeaways? What what are you, what are your sort of final reflections? Yeah, I guess for, for me, it's it's finding ways to build Sabbath into my daily life, and I think as we go through this series, one of the questions I want to ask myself at the end of it: What changes have I made in in my day to day living as a result of doing this? Or yeah, if I don't change anything what's the point of you know, going through this it's, is it just a mental exercise which yeah doesn't achieve anything I, I think it's it, there's still so much I've got to learn uh, and part of that learning is it then putting it into practice mm -hmm. and for the Sabbath it's, it's finding ways of building that into my lifestyle mm. yeah absolutely <laughs> and for me um the, the, the what Jesus said is that, that Sabbath isn't made people aren't made for the Sabbath but Sabbath for the people um, if the Sabbath is just a tradition just a set of rules just the way we do things um, that doesn't bring me what is intended by taking Sabbath um, but like in most of these spiritual things that I need to put in the effort that, and be proactive with Sabbath so that I can benefit from it because it's actually there for my benefit rather than as uh, acts of worship, I think. I think it's, yeah, that's how I read it. So so for me, don't go through the routine, but be active in my Sabbath, hmm. active resting. Yeah. Uh, it's encouraging to hear. Uh, for me, the uh, it's similar. Uh, and also as a pastor, the reason we're doing this is I'm trying to work out how do we build a church where we don't just talk about stuff, how we don't just play the religious game, but how we're actually shaped by Jesus' teaching and and how our character reflects what the Bible is talking about. And I, I 
I love what you're saying, Pete. Like, I, I think it, my fear would be we'll get through this series where we talk about the follow behaviours and nothing will have changed for anybody and it will have been a waste of time. The, what, what we're talking about with Sabbath, ne- next week we'll be talking about what does it mean to actually listen to God and, and get used to listening prayer and, and inviting Jesus into our day-to-day lives. I and we'll talk about other things as part of this. This is we were talking about with the previous years. We looked at the behaviours for bless and share. These things, I I am scared of being a church that puts on an act that that gives lip service to Jesus, but then is more shaped by this world that is shaping us as as consumers and producers rather than as followers of Jesus. And uh, I, I hope. I, I hope that I'm able to implement some of this stuff more in my life this year than I was last year. That's, I guess that's my hope too. Mm. So I, I wonder, Pete, we don't normally do this, but I feel like it might be appropriate. Do you mind praying for those who are watching and listening right now, Pete, to, to wrap us up as we as we finish this discussion? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Father, we thank you for your, your word. Thank you that uh, your commands are for our benefit. Help us to put them into practice in ways that are are real and ways that just demonstrate um, your love for us to those around us. So as we uh, seek to observe the Sabbath and just work out for each of us what that means in reality, help us to do that and in a way that honours you and actually makes it, um, takes this um, thought and puts it into practice and makes it real um, for our benefit and for the benefit of those around us. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, there you have it. It's a slightly different uh, Next Steps podcast, but Pete, uh, it's nice to have you on the on the podcast for the first time, and my guess is it won't be the last. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, so what's coming up next week, Matt? Yep, as I say, next week we'll be talking about uh, hearing God and what does it mean to to learn to listen to God as part of our day to day practice. So that's where we'll be going next week. Yeah, and I guess so, the fo- uh, focus is important there too. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. This is why it's all. It's all critical. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, Pete. Thanks, Dan. And uh, we'll and we want to say thanks to you who are watching or listening uh, to the podcast today. We look forward to hopefully having you with us this coming Sunday, uh, or be back here for the podcast the following Tuesday. We'll catch you later.